Ben Jawalski, welcome back. Hello, how are you? Dude, how was your trip? Um, I'll just say I read a lot of books. <laughs> how many books went, did you read? I went to Mexico to turkey hunt and the turkeys didn't cooperate, but I read four books, four and a half books. Two of them are business books, two of them are non-fiction. Fiction. Um, and yeah, it's good. Were you like literally reading in the woods as you're hunting? Yeah. So a lot of turkey hunting, you're just sitting in a ground blind over water um, because the turkeys weren't really communicating. They weren't like running after you when you called them. So we just had to sit on the water a lot. So I just sat for multiple. There were two days in a row where I sat for 13 hours straight, not without moving. So All right, I don't want to be stupid, but why are you sitting over water? Turkey swim? No, uh, they need to drink water, though. Okay, they're coming. All right, much Not like humans. the water sources around. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was losing my mind. I've, you know, I grew up. <laughs> yeah, turkeys just love swimming, man. <laughs> I've been, I mean, I haven't hunted in years, but I've been turkey hunting half a dozen times, and and uh, we never did it around water. I'm like, no wonder I never killed any. Maybe I was never not in the right place. Yeah, turkey hunting's hard, man. Holy cow, that was that was rough. Get them while they're oh. swimming. Yeah, turkeys have great eyesight, dude. They do. That's why you like can't move. Oh man, it's my buddy. My buddy got one. We'll put of it that course. way. <laughs> did, did you even? Did you see any or just him? Um, no, we saw some. Uh, I had one opportunity that lasted. It was about maybe a full second where I saw one, and then it walked out from behind a tree in this teeny tiny shooting lane at like thirty yards. Um, so I just I sent an arrow, but I missed it. But yeah, I had like basically a one second opportunity um, and I and I failed. It was like a one in 100 or one in 50 chance shot kind of thing. Why are you going down to Mexico to turkey hunt when turkeys are everywhere in the continental U.S.? That's a great question. It really is. That's why I asked it. Why are you doing that's, that? That's a great question. Um, it was basically because my buddy Kurt booked a trip, they have a special bigger turkey down there called a Gould's turkey. It's a different breed. It only exists down South. Um, and yeah, so he's like, you want to come? I'm like, yeah, awesome. This will be my first Turkey. Wrong. There you go. Well, yeah, I guess you were wrong. We got someone from Michigan. I know we still got, so we're on the live chat tonight. We're on the live uh, chat. End up picking this up on the podcast at a later date. We're, we're live casting these now or uh, live streaming them. And we're going to be pushing these out on uh, our YouTube channel, Facebook, which is the Make Watch Great Again Facebook page and the Make Watch Great Again Twitter handle. It's also going to Twitch that I just threw out there for any randos that happen Twitch. to be on Twitch, but I have yet I to like really. Means. I know it's, it's just a video streaming service, but primarily used for video gaming, but a lot of people put podcasts here. I just want to give people access. It's free and whatnot, you know. I dig it. So. So yeah, so you can uh, you know live stream with us on Monday nights if you want and ask questions, which is what we're going to do tonight. We're just kind of just getting into it now and uh, catching up with Ben from his many vacations and his uh, poor hunting skills. So that's always fun. I'm posting on Instagram right now. We're going to have even more people coming in to join us. Did you at least have a good time? I mean, you like reading books. That had to be fun. I, I love reading books. And also, I didn't have cell phone service at all for like five straight days except for a basically like a 200 yard stretch of the dirt road we would like cross this mountain and like have service really quick and you'd be texting for you know like five minutes while we had it so 
it was great. I really loved it. I love, I, I enjoy taking a step back and, and being alone for long periods of time. So that was fun. Wow. How do you handle no cell phone service for that long? I'd lose no. my mind. Beautifully. I love it. I'm just like, well, if anything bad happens, I won't know about it. And if anything good happens, I won't know about it. So <laughs> no one can need me for anything. It's great. And I, I did honestly, like, I mean, the, the wad prep team does an amazing job of, uh, of holding down the fort. We completed a successful wad prep weightlifting launch. We have some amazing athletes already getting good results in there. Um, and it all happened while I was in the woods. So yeah, it's good. There you go. There you go. Well, as we're getting started, let's, uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. You like the new layout, by the way, this layout's blown my mind about how Is it? it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I worked hard on this. I really did worked really hard on it, but let's talk about our sponsor. You, did you take any, you can with you? honey uh no because i think i'm out yeah i'm out man also crossing crossing the mexican border with like unlabeled powder substances i just like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) probably a bad idea well i've been taking a lot because i'm still knee knee deep in murph prep and matter of fact i did a hard one today and i had a you can bar before i jumped into it because i knew it was a good 20 minutes worth of running and and uh, at least another 10 minutes worth of push-ups, squats, and pull-ups. And I was not enjoying my life. But I did enjoy the UCAN bar before. And yeah. uh, it was delicious, and it got me right through. So go to UCAN.co, use our code SCALE, and you'll save 20%. We'll leave that up a little bit for people who want to see it. And uh, if you're listening, you need to go watch this on YouTube so you can get it. So anyway, let's uh, let's see who is in the chat, Benjamin. Who do we have? We got a Michigan. Either of you had a hernia issue. So there's a kind of our first question of the night. You ever had a hernia, Ben, or known anyone that's had one? Well, first of all, as we're going, make sure if like the whole purpose of this is we're just going to be answering questions on the fly. So we're going to need more questions than just one. So please, if you're watching on any of the various streaming things, uh, drop a comment and it should afford it to us and we'll be able to answer it. So Yes, I have had hernia issues. In fact, I had in college, I had um, a really gnarly one that I got an MRI about. It was called a sports hernia. So basically what happened was I had a huge long summer of shark fishing and then immediately came back and then was crossfitting really hard and uh, also playing flag football in college. And I had this one day that I remember like I played a ton of, or I did a bunch of CrossFit heavy, heavy, heavy deadlifts, and then went straight into like a flag football game or something like that. And out of nowhere, just had this like groin issue. And I was like, what the heck is this? And it just never went away. Like it, it didn't go away for I think six months. Uh, And it was very, very sharp pain. It wasn't like, ah, it's kind of annoying. It's like, no, if I moved, if I lifted my leg in a specific way, boom, like almost like, I almost like I would want to fall to the ground. That's how bad the pain was. Uh, I think I just have a low pain tolerance, you know? Um, And of course I Googled it like any college kid. I'm like, "Ah, I'll figure this out. So I Googled it and I learned about common football injuries, uh, one of which is called a sports hernia. And it's basically like a bunch of micro tears. It's not a full blown hernia where like anything's protruding. It's just like a bunch of micro tears in that specific area, like right where the quad kind of meets the abs sort of thing. Um, and I was like, wow, like I have every single one of these symptoms. That's crazy. 
I should go to the doctor and let them know. So I went to the doctor and I was like, well, I Googled it and I'm pretty sure I have a sports hernia. And the doc is like, okay, <laughs> sure, bud. Uh, let's get you an MRI right. and we'll scan it and see. And then freaking $2,000 later or whatever for the MRI, which like I didn't know how to pay the bill. So I'm pretty sure I had like, <laughs> pretty sure right. I had like debt collectors coming at me. I'm like, what? I have to pay a bill? Anyway, um, got the... MRI results back, went back to the doctor. And he's like, so it looks like you have a sports hernia. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And he gave me ibuprofen. That was, that was it. He gave me 800 milligram pills of ibuprofen instead of the 200 milligram pills of ibuprofen. And I was just kind of, I was a little salty about that. So, wow. so for, the, for the 2000 bucks, you Googled it, figured it out yourself. Could have just gone and bought some aspirin. You would have been good to go. Yeah. But um, long story short for that particular kind of hernia, it went away over time due to just making sure I avoided the things that caused it to ag aggravate every blue, every once in a blue moon. Like I want ice skating, terrible idea. Um, like, I don't know, five years ago. And for whatever reason, when I slip on ice, it immediately flares back up, but that's the only thing that makes it do anything. Um, and then I had another scare that I might've had a hernia from like tearing an abdominal, but I got it. I got, a. um, an ultrasound or an ultra, I don't know what, whatever they do with the babies. They can also do that with ultrasound. their abs. Yeah. There um, you go. And I didn't have any, didn't have any issues there. So that's, that's my only experience. I do know that if you have a big protrusion, it's worth getting surgery. Well, well, I don't need to hear about your big protrusion, Ben, but uh, this would probably be a smart time to say that we're not doctors and this nothing we're talking about is medical advice, just our opinions and things that have happened to us. But uh, it was a good story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Hope that was out here. Here's some questions. Here's one. I got this in, uh, someone sent this to me the other day. So I'm glad this came up tonight. Nutrition regarding upcoming Murph the day before and the day of, I'll let you go mm. first, Ben. Okay. Ooh. And Scott reach out to me. I can hook you up with CJ. Um, he's an actual doctor of some sort that he, he knows about hernias and stuff. All right. Um, nutrition Murph specifically the day before and day of personally overrated. I like for me, I'm not changing the way that I eat the day before Murph because even if it takes you a really long time, it's really, it's not, it's not so much. It's not like running a marathon right? where you need to like, you need to fuel yourself with so much glycogen, basically carbs. I'm going to eat totally normal the day before. And I'm going to prioritize making sure I hydrate a lot and get a really good night's sleep. And I'm not going to drink any alcohol. Like that's what I'm going to do before. And then the morning of Murph, I'm probably going to have a pretty carb heavy light breakfast. So like for me, it's just oatmeal. Like I'm just gonna have a ton of oatmeal probably in the morning with some fruit. Um, and, and then maybe during the workout, I'll, you know, like, like you can would be a great option where you could shake up some like uh, liquid carbohydrates of some sort and sip on that during the workout, maybe with some electrolytes. That's, that's about it for me. I think for me, I, I kind of get into the same routine and I'm kind of starting my routine this week. Like I quit drinking any alcohol a couple of weeks prior. I know that's too far, but like, I like to just get in the routine. Of it's not like too far. Not that's being, well, you know what I mean? Like, I just like, I want to a get rid of any alcohol bloat, like alcohol bloats me. Mm. And so I want to, for me, I want to be as light as possible to running and a push up workout. Like those, you know, it's. You, the lighter you can be, the better off you're going to be most likely for mm -hmm. a lot of people. So I, I don't drink alcohol for a couple of weeks leading in. 
Uh, and I think the no alcohol the night before is a amazingly good rule because you don't want to get rhabdo. And a lot of people can get rhabdo from doing this and alcohol makes that worse. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Like the nutrition the day before, um, I think it's overrated. Like I've heard of people, you know, loading up on carbs is BS. Like don't load up on carbs, but don't change your diet either. Like don't do it. Yes. You don't want to wake up in the morning and then like have to spend an hour in the bathroom. And there's nothing worse than that 10 minutes before. <laughs> now you've got the nervous bathroom thing yeah. going on like that's, that's a huge a one thora is uh and the person who submitted this thora strong one rourke if any part of that is part is your name that's like the coolest yeah. name ever and i'm very jealous of it <laughs> um but changing things up i think is is a bigger flaw than just keeping things the same treat it like a normal workout is instead of a 19 minute maccon it's a 58 minute maccon right mm -hmm. so like Maybe a little bit more carbs, but I wouldn't change up too much unless you have, unless you like have issues the way it stands doing a normal class and you're like cramping up and you don't have enough energy, then something's wrong with your diet anyway and you need to fix it. But if, if you can hit a normal CrossFit workout, um, all I would do is maybe just like increase the carbs beforehand, you know, maybe in 90 minutes or, or 60 minutes beforehand, bump the carbs up a little bit more, a carb that you can process really well. That doesn't mean chewing on broccoli. Like have, have some of the, you can powder, have some bananas, things like that. Oatmeal again. That's what I would do. Yeah. I, the only, only other thing I do leading in is, um, I try not to have too much pre-workout before. Like for me, pre-workouts are for short work for short wads. Like if I'm doing a lot of beta alanine, for instance, that's like, for me, that's for a sprint. For a long workout like this, I do genuinely stick to UCAN because I, I need endurance. So I'm just looking for like slow burning energy. I'm going to be out there for bare minimum of 50 minutes with the vest on. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, uh, a pr my point to that is a pre-workout that's going to jack your heart rate up prior to doing that. It's not going to help you in a 50 minute workout. Just not. Yep. doesn't help me anyway. All right. Good question. Thank you to our strong one, Rourke. I can say it real fast. Hi from Calgary. Uh, John, have you kept up with the diet macro tracking? Did you notice a big change in your workouts or strength after the weight loss? Uh, yes, I do still keep up with the diet macro tracking. I'm probably not as religious now as I was during the, the 90 days of doing it. Um, but I'm also in a routine, meaning like I meal prep every day. So like I knew what my lunch was going to be today. I knew what my dinner was going to be. I could tell you from doing that a hundred times now, exactly what the macros were in that. Uh, I'm also trying to live my life though. So I'm, uh, allowing myself, um, like I went to the movies yesterday and I had butter popcorn. I didn't track that at <gasps> all. I know God forbid and a diet Coke. Um, <gasps> and, uh, it was, and, uh, you know, it was good. It was great, but I didn't worry about it. You know, I just, I don't, I didn't stress about it. Um, I have seen a huge change in the workouts. I didn't, I haven't lost any strength. Um, or at least I don't feel as if I've lost any strength. Um, I absolutely feel like I'm faster and body weight workouts are infinitely easier. Like I did a long workout yesterday that was, um, all strict work. You would have loved it then, but it was again, Murph prep. And are there any bicep curls? No, but it had, well, I, I guess you could call it that. It had 90 reverse grip, strict pull-ups in it. Oh yeah. And four, 45 strict handstand push-ups, And, you know, they're all broken up over, you know, kind of a right. long period of time, but you know, it's all body weight stuff. And, you know, four months ago, zero chance I would have gotten through all that without 
nearly nine. And I was so, I'm so much lighter. Like those handstand pushups are just infinitely easier than they would have been before. So I, I'm a big proponent. If you can, you know, if you can do it and do it smartly, you know, and you know, not do a rapid weight loss, you know, kind of taper it down um, and continue to work on strength training, which is what I did. And I do a lot of strict work, you know, I think it, it works great. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, of RP, which is what I did and it worked great for me. Yeah. One thing to think about, um, Sarah, especially if you're trying to lose weight, but also maintain strength and muscle when you're in a caloric deficit, um, which is the only way to lose anything other than water weight. If you want to lose your fat, there is a risk of losing muscle. And there's kind of two main things that prevent muscle loss or help prevent muscle loss in a calorie deficit. And number one, that's adequate protein intake. And number two, that's strength training. So if you're hitting your, that's why most nutrition coaches are going to, they're going to focus strictly on that protein target, which oftentimes is very high. Um, A good rule of thumb is one gram per pound of body weight. And if you're hitting that one gram per pound of body weight. So like for me, let's say hundred, excuse me, John, I'm speaking. Um, let's say, let's, he's got to stop smoking. Um, let's say that I weigh 170 pounds. I'd be aiming for 170 grams of protein per day, which is a lot. And then I'm going to try to keep my, my calories in, in balance so that I'm in a calorie deficit. And then if I also combine that with making sure to continue strength training, that's where you have this perfect, um, combination. I know RP gets you to do this as well. You have this perfect combination of you're losing weight, which is mostly water and, and also fat. That's the real weight that you're losing. You probably still will lose maybe a little bit of muscle, but you're doing a darn good job of retaining it. Maybe even if you're lucky building a little bit of it, if you have adequate protein and your strength training. So that's like the. Did you hit that right on the head? I was, um, I think on my plan, it was one gram of protein per body weight. And then we actually, even after I got below that, we kept it. So I was doing 180 grams of protein. And by the end, I weighed, you know, close to 170 and we stayed yeah. at 180. And then pretty high amount of carbs in relation. The carbs were more mm-hmm. uh, per body weight and we were lower on the fat portions. And I found that having that much carbs in my diet, but but leading with protein, which is what they told me. They're like, if you have to cheat somewhere, you're going to lead with protein. Yes. Like always lead with that. And, and that was a big help for me. So here we go. Recovery protocols. This is a good one. What kind of recovery protocol do you suggest for 60 plus competitors? It's all you. I'm I'm not that old. So that's all you Ben. Go ahead. Yeah. All me, all me, baby, right up my alley. Um, So we kind of talk about this in the recovery RX course that we have at WOD prep. Um, which is, of course, all about how to learn how to recover better. And their recovery protocols aren't any different necessarily. Like the main the main core items of your recovery protocol is going to be sleep, hydration, nutrition, right? So like those three things are three things a lot of people ignore. They roll their eyes and then they're like, what supplements can I take? What foam roller vibrating machine can I get? You know, like, right. uh, but these are the three things you need. So, you know, sleep and trying to get more of it or, or higher quality version of it, uh, making sure that you're hydrating enough. Uh, and then also making sure that you're, you're eating enough and eating, you know, high quality foods that will help aid in the recovery and tissue repair and stuff like that. Beyond that, though, when it comes to actually like training volume, that's another thing that I think a lot of 
especially 60 plus competitors, that is a group that I know personally, and honestly, all masters athletes in this competitive ecosystem, there's a lot of overtraining that goes on. There's a lot of people that try to hit the full blown comp competitors programming from Joe Schmo's company. And all they do is beat themselves into the dirt every single day. And what we found with our, um, our games athletes in the master's division is like, we kind of like tone down the volume a lot more than a lot of people think. And we design our programming strategically to like, we start the week pretty hard and then we slowly taper off. And even the Watt Prep Masters daily program that we have, it tapers off as the week goes on and then you get a rest day. And then the day after a rest day tends to be higher volume. What we don't like to see and what I think kills a lot of people is like, one, they're beating the crap out of themselves every single day. And then two, they're always like, like as they start to feel banged up later in the week, they'll just be like this crazy freaking workout thrown in there because there's not enough intelligence, I think, thrown in to the training volume for a master's athlete. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, and then John, who's actually a master's athlete, can chime in, <laughs> is um, I know it seems silly, but your, your body does kind of keep the score here. Uh, one thing you can do is track those metrics, which, again, we talk about at Recovery RX. But like track your metrics, track your resting heart rate, track your HRV. It's going to show you whether or not you're recovered well or poorly. And then also like if you're feeling super banged up, tone down your volume, right? Don't just, don't be, don't ignore the signs, the warning signs of your body. If you're just achy and sore and just feel miserable, the answer is not, let's go hit this workout hundred percent. It's tone it down. You, you should feel good going into every session, especially as a master's athlete, which I know is saying a lot. No, I, I agree with everything, especially the sleep part. I think sleep's like of everything you talked about. If you're not getting good quality sleep, man, you are missing it. That's the biggest recovery thing for me. Like I had a, I don't know, it was a week or so ago. I was in meetings. Uh, we had work dinner and we had drinks and I woke up the next morning and my ankles hurt. You know, like you just wake up and you're like, oh, I feel creaky and old. And then the next day when I don't drink, I wake up and my ankles feel fine, you know, and, and there's a correlation there. So, I, you know, I think it's important to make sure that, you know, A, you're getting quality, quality sleep, which means you need to lay off the alcohol before you go to bed, for one. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it does for me. Um, and then find ways to do it. Like I have blackout blinds in my bedroom. I bought a new mattress. We'll talk about Thirdsy on at the mid-show ad break. But um you know, I take a sleep supplement, Thirdsy. Uh, we've talked about it on the show many times. I took it last night. It lulls me off to sleep, mm -hmm. and I get good quality sleep with it. You know, yeah. And it's just, I think it's just important to get those routines in place and and treat sleep no different than a quality movement that your coach yeah. would be coaching you on. You and know? I think a lot of people have like morning routines. I don't think as many, including myself have a good wind down routine or like if they're, if your wind down, like going to bed routine involves like being on screens all the time, it's like, it's not good. Science has proven that lots of times over at this point. So like, yep. at, that's why I like the third Z is because I, I, I add that to my, like, that's kind of like my coffee in the morning. It's my third Z at night that kind of like winds me down. So I think that helps. Yeah, the other thing I, I keep hearing and I, you know, full disclosure, I have not started doing this, but everyone swears by it is, is getting, you know, your, what's it called? Circadia rhythm. Is that right? My oh, I thought you were going to say uh, perineal sunning. 
No, so you, you're gonna go for no. You get up in the morning. You have to get up in the morning and get morning sun. That's the gist of it. Okay, like that's the thing, and uh, it helps keep your internal clock functioning properly. And it does, allow, which allows you to go to sleep better at night. You know, and um, I have I have friends that are masters athletes that swear by it. You know, the first thing they do, they get up in the morning, they go outside for 15 minutes, and they get real sunshine in their face. You know, yeah. and Admittedly, yeah, it's kind I'm of, too lazy for that. I'm it's a new, it's kind of like a new-ish development. Like there's some very smart professors and scientists that are talking about this. But we, uh, if you actually remember, I'm pretty sure Justine mentioned yeah. it on our podcast yeah. when we had Justine on. Uh, she's the owner of Third Z, and she's a huge proponent of getting outside, setting your internal clock by just getting basically low angle light exposure, and all that means is getting outside and letting the sun hit you when the when it's morning time, like before like 10, 11 AM. And what's crazy is it seems so silly, but like we are animals and we have evolved over years and years to like actually be in touch with nature. So when your body senses and there's certain things in your eyes that kind of senses that that light is low, all of a sudden your internal clock is getting ready to go to bed a long distance in the future when the sun actually sets. So fascinating stuff. It's something that I too need to get a little bit better at. I haven't necessarily tracked like good versus bad when I do it, but it's something that I'm trying to be more conscious of. I I promised her we'd get her back on the show. So we'll bring her back on to talk about sleep and all the stuff that you and I are smart enough to understand. She's smart. She is smart. She's a smart one. Uh, all right. Here's a, here's one uh, shoe recommendation. You still wearing your innovates, Ben? I'm still wearing mine. Oh, do you actually have them on? You're going to... I wasn't asking for a foot pick. Look how, look how flexible I am. I can do this yeah. all day. Yeah, I've, I've really been liking my three hundreds. I will admit, um, I, so I love mm-hmm. I love the the Scott Panchicks, the two uh, sixties. I like the the two forty fives that I have. But I found that like if I wear them for a really long time, they are a little bit too narrow for my feet. But that's why I love these three hundreds so much. Is the three hundreds just have like a looser toe box for me, so I can wear them all the time. Um, they're not the best pickleball shoe. Um, but don't worry, I have other shoes for that. But other than that, they're pretty much good for everything. I took them for a run this morning, actually a real run with the dogs. It was pretty impressive, right? But, uh, I really like the three hundreds and for everyone that says that innovate has narrow shoes, they do have a lot of narrow shoes and it doesn't work for everyone. But, uh, the toe box in these three hundreds is a little bit wider and I love it. Yeah. The new running shoes are wider too. I'm wearing the running shoes. Um, for Murph, I've already oh, decided. Nice. Like I've been, I've trained in two or three different shoes to see which one I was going to like better, and I've yet to find a running shoe I like better. I forget the number. I want to say it's a G Fly two ninety five. Are yours the? Are yours um, the most aggressive shade of red slash orange? I haven't. You hold on. Answer I want to see him because yes. because I showed him. I showed mine to someone, and they were like, "Ow, that's painful, dude." <laughs> yeah, there they are. They, look at these things. You will never get hit by a car. Because I know. Be, I know the people listening are like, I can't see, but these things are the most aggressive shade of red that yeah. you've ever seen. I and haven't tried those yet. I need to try them. I was going to maybe play pickleball with them, but I don't want to, you know, ruin the soles. So. Uh, G Fly 295s. And they're great. Yeah. I love them. I mean, they big toe box, super comfy, good heel, um, good run in. If you need another shoe recommendation, which I will give you, I've also been wearing um, the Under Armour Tri-Base Rain 4s. So if you want something that's a little unique and outside of the whole 
Metcon, Reebok, Nano, uh, Realm, or Noble. Yeah, but if you walk through the airport, how do people know that you're a CrossFitter? Do you like do do you wear a Fran shirt or something? Well, I mean, they look like CrossFit shoes. They're flat on the bottom, but they have a great yeah, heel. They're they soft. They're light. They're good, uh, unique shoe. They're super bright colors, though. So it's yeah. a good one to check out. All right, next question. So thanks uh, for the questions. That lot. How do you pronounce that? La Lampen. La Lampen. I don't know. All right, here we go. Scott Casey, do you remember your first assault bike workout? Funniest assault bike story. How about it, Ben? You got a good one? I have a good assault bike story. I do not at all, actually. I don't remember my first assault bike workout. I just probably remember just going really slow and putting effort into other parts of the workout. You don't have any? No good assault bike stories, huh? I mean, actually, so here's one. Um, This was a shout out to my buddy JT, okay? So my boy JT and I, we used to, like, he was there for, like, my first ever CrossFit class because I had this group of guys in North Carolina state university that would like, like I was doing CrossFit. I like invited one guy, he invited another guy, that guy invited a guy. Somebody invited a girl. That was crazy. And then like other guy came and like, we eventually had this group of like eight guys who would just meet and, and every once in a while a girl and we just do CrossFit. I just make up workouts every day. It was like deadlifts, power cleans, bar muscle ups like <laughs> every day. Um, but anyway, JT and I, Hadn't seen each other forever. Now we've reunited in Colorado. We're like best friends again, or actually we weren't even that close to college, but we've reunited and now we've become best friends. But like, I've like, there was a while there where like I was fitter than him now, you know, like we were, he was probably fitter than me back then, but now I was fitter than him in our older age, but we did an assault bike workout uh, over Thanksgiving. I think it was two years ago and he's a mountain biker. Okay. And he beat me so bad that I was embarrassed. Like I was giving all of my effort and this dude mopped the floor with me. And all that goes to say is like, like there are a few times where inside CrossFit sports from outside CrossFit can really, really help you do better in CrossFit and mountain biking is one of them. I hadn't gotten into it that much, but Holy crap. He absolutely dusted me. And I kind of like looked at the end of the workout and he just kind of looked at me and we didn't say anything. I was just like, we don't want to talk about it. It was, that's my, that's my assault bike story. Well, I have a couple. Uh, they both happened at uh, CrossFit Mentality, which is Scott Panchik's gym. Um, I had never, I had been going to CrossFit Distinction, which was here on the east side of Cleveland, which is where I had originally met Scott and I was going to change gyms and go out to his gym. Well, Distinction didn't have a lot of assault bikes at the time. So I- I'd not in my life, right? And uh, so I go out. One of the first workouts we did was three rounds for time, and I think I have the rep scheme right on this. I want to say it was uh, twenty cal uh, bike, ten power cleans at one thirty-five. That was the RX, right? Now, you know, one thirty-five is not terribly heavy weight for a lot of people. And it's an okay way for me, you know, and I was new to the gym. So I'm like, I'm going to RX this. I want to show Scott how fit I am, you know, and this is kind of typical, typical. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to show him how good I am on this bike. So I get on and I rip off that first 20 cows. I mean, I'm not kidding you, dude. Like as fast as I could have possibly done it, I did it. And I stroll over to the bar. Like I own that barbell. And I missed the first lift because my legs don't work anymore. 
And I had no idea. You know, it's like that that walk where you're feeling fine. And by the time you get to the bar, like it all catches up with you immediately. And your body just is like, nope, you don't, you can't do this. And Scott is just like literally looking at me laughing because he knew it was coming. He knew it would happen. And sure as the world it did. But that wasn't the worst of the two stories. That one was just embarrassing. Because then I figured out what I'd done wrong. I'm like, all right, I won't do that again. <laughs> the the horrible story was when they programmed 50 calories for time. And I'd never done that before. And to this day, I've only done it once because of that day. So I go again, same thing. I go in, I'm like, I'm going to show these guys how fit I am. And I rip off 50 cows. And if I'm remembering right, I did it like a minute 45, which, you know, isn't life changing speed, but it's pretty fast. Like it's fast enough, you know? And um, I didn't properly warm up. That was a big problem. And as soon as I get off the bike, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I took two steps and on the second step, both legs gave out, like literally collapsed. Like, and it wasn't like being dramatic, like one of those roll around on the floor, like a CrossFitter. It was like, I literally couldn't walk. And then you start getting that metallic taste in your mouth. Oh yeah. No. And then keep in mind, this was the first of two workouts that day. I did not do the second workout because I then spent the next 35 minutes walking laps around the outside of this gym, trying to not throw up. Yep. It was terrible. And it just kept getting worse, kept getting worse for like 30. It was like Fran, but double as long Yep, getting worse. It was so bad. There's, I was going to say, it's just like those short, high intense workouts, like Fran, for me, acid bath. I did acid bath, like amongst, I think uh, all the buttery bros were there. They filmed it. And uh, it was like uh, at the master's fitness uh, collective, I think is what it was. They, they hosted a workout where there was basically a buy-in. The only the only time you can come to this house is like you have to do acid bath and then you're allowed to like come party at this house and hang out. So, But you had to get it done under seven minutes or something like that. You had to redo it on the spot. So like <laughs> I was two beers in and then they're like, oh, wait, you guys haven't cashed in yet. I'm like, what? So me and CJ hit acid bath together and it was my first time ever doing it. And there's like all these games athletes there and I'm like, they're filming. I'm like, I got to like, I can't embarrass the wad prep brand here. Right. But this is totally not my forte. That was the first time I had ever used, ever used a ski erg, ever used a ski erg in a workout. And I, I did it actually got a pretty fast score out of pure, you know, determination. And I remember for the next hour and a half, I was essentially incoherent and unable to speak to other human beings. Cause I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to die. Like my legs wouldn't work. I couldn't talk. I was like, it wasn't, I couldn't even focus on not throwing up. It was just, I had to focus on living. It was crazy. So yeah, those are special workouts. It is amazing how vicious that bike can be to your body and you don't, you don't even realize it until you're done. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. Hey, we got to take a quick break for our mid show. And I got, we got a comment here in the comment section from Sarah. It's just got my first order of third G last week. It definitely helped to sleep. I noticed a difference the first night. And I love that because I've been taking it and I know it seems like we just do ads, but uh, I love this stuff. And uh, I brought the nutrition facts to show people what's in this thing. Look how fancy you are, dude. This is I know. Crazy. I'm so excited. Everybody listening. He's, he's pulling up freaking <laughs> it's pictures. Like shows. Oh, it's wow. great, dude. It's great. I'm going to start uh, having all your random send me text streams from you and we'll put those on the screen next week. Perfect. Awesome. Yes. Oh, that would, that would go over really well. 
No, but look, I I thought it'd be nice for people watching so they can see what's actually in it. But I, I take this every night and I love it. And it lulls me off to sleep and it's got you know nothing in it that's addictive, which is great for me. Melatonin free, which is also great for me. Um, and I wake up feeling refreshed. And you know, like I again I took it last night, woke up this morning, felt great, ready to go. You know, and I don't know, dude. Like I don't. I'm shocked it tastes so good with how little sodium it is in that. Normally, it's like you've got to put sodium in stuff to make it taste good because it's delicious. Uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, she, Justine is a beast and she knows her stuff and she is like such a professional that she put all of her like these are all just amazing ingredients. Like even the magnesium, most people would use magnesium carbonate because it's way cheaper. Guess what? Your body doesn't absorb it. It's magnesium citrate, which is a a much more bioavailable version. So she just goes the extra mile to put quality ingredients in there. Well, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's delicious. I like the taste just fine. I think it's freaking delicious. I chug it. So I don't like, like most things, like it's not a medicine, but like most supplements, I'm not drinking it to enjoy it. If you've ever taken other collagen proteins, oh my God, this is the the creme de la creme of deliciousness. Because some of that (laughs) stuff tastes like... I don't know. Well, Tastes I'll, bad. I'll take your word for it, Ben. I don't, you know, the, I don't drink it for the taste. It makes me sleep well. So uh, anyway, you can use our code SCALES, S-C-A-L-E-Z-Z-Z. It's on the screen for you guys watching at thirdz.com, T-H-I-R-D-Z-Y.com. Save 25%. And it's great stuff. So there you go. All right, let's get back to questions. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's get back to the chat. Here's one just to stroke your ego. This isn't really a question, but I'm going to put it I on. I like this. Anyway. Oh, no, wait. This isn't. I'll, hold on. I'm more... Oh, you've clicked the wrong one. I know. Here, look. There we go. OG Wideprint Masters member. Been a member since the beginning. Love all the features and programming. And look, even named his garage gym after you, Ben. Maybe this person's name is Ben. Whoever you are. Thank Maybe. you so much. And I appreciate it. Here's a real question, though. It needs to build squat strength. Your benefit to avoiding longer endurance focused workouts in the short term to better build a strength base. Yes and no. It all depends on what, like how aggressively do you want to attack this strength base building? Because the the quickest way from point A to point B, if B is getting really strong with the squatting, is ignoring everything and only squatting and doing like some sort of squat cycle that's purely strength focused. But for CrossFitters and for, you know, most of us, that's not what we want to do. We want to get stronger but we also want to maintain all of our other fitness. So I would say somewhere in the middle, if you're trying to build squat strength specifically, I do know this is like a little teaser spoiler alert for some uh, masters, uh, Watford masters members is like, we are going to be releasing like accessory tracks soon. That doesn't cost anything extra to the programming, but it's like these little accessory tracks that you can stack on. You can kind of like bolt on to your normal programming um, and one of those, I'm pretty sure, is going to be a strength development thing. So you can use that to maybe add some more strength. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take away too much. I would maybe just add in a little bit more. But yes, if you're hypothetically running 11 miles a week and trying to gain squat squat strength, yeah, that's a bad idea. But for most of the workouts we're doing, I don't think it's necessarily going to negatively affect your your squat strength. What do you view as endurance training though, Ben? Like when you're saying, you know, when I say longer endurance, what, what, where does your mind go to? That's so I'm, I'm looking at it from the mind of a crosser, like longer endurance focus workouts is like 20 minute plus workouts, which if from the endurance world is like absolutely nowhere close to endurance work. 
So it all depends on what their definition of endurance focused workouts are. Yeah. See, when I think endurance for me, it's anything over 45 minutes to an hour is right. what, I, what I personally view as endurance. Um, do you see any benefit to, to doing or to even varying up when you're doing your strength training versus this endurance work? Cause you got to do them both. Like, and my question is squats before endurance squats after endurance, mm-hmm. varying it up. Do you, does it matter to you? To me? No, it doesn't matter. But I think technically if I remember correctly, there might be some evidence that points to strength training in the morning and uh, longer endurance in the afternoon. Like for a lot of games athletes that are doing um, two a day sessions or three day sessions or whatever, a lot of times the, the more, the heavy stuff will be in the morning uh, potentially when like testosterone is a little bit higher. Um, and then your longer metabolic conditioning pieces, uh, longer, uh, engine building pieces, monostructural pieces. Um, I think some people might even think that like, oh, if I'm doing a rowing workout, even if it's rowing sprints, that it's endurance work. A lot of people interchange monostructural, which means doing one, you know, running, biking, rowing for swimming for a long period of time, uh, as endurance work. But I would, I would tend to do that in the afternoon and the strength work in the morning. You know, it's interesting. I've just, I've done it several different ways and I've had a program several different ways from coaches. And it's, I've always felt like it was kind of dealer's choice, you know, whatever the coach preferred, you know, the, um, the twins, you know, Saxon and Spencer always loved to program squats after a workout. Yeah. They, they like to have us. Yeah. Like, I mean, they wanted us doing heavy lifts under fatigue and it made your maxes far different. You know, then when you come in fresh and you're trying to hit those same max, it's just a much different feeling. Um, it's an interesting concept, though. I haven't really thought about what you had said there about, you know, doing strength in the morning, you know, with heavy testosterone or whatever, you know, when you're fresh and then endurance in the afternoon. Because I almost always do the opposite. Yeah. I, I tend to do my strength training if I'm doing two a days, which isn't that often. But if I'm doing them, I personally do my strength training in the afternoon when my body's more loose and cause I like, you know, sure. again, I'm a master's athlete. So it takes a long time to get warmed up and mm-hmm. loose. And if I have the entire day to walk around and move, I feel like I'm have a better chance at preventing injury than, you know, uh, the other way around, you know, so I usually do my endurance workouts early because a, I don't have to warm up as much cause the first round is my warm up, <laughs> right. Or the first five minutes or whatever the workout is. Um, than, you know, doing my heavy strength. So it's just yeah. an interesting concept. I'd never really thought of that. Yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. I mean, I totally feel you on the, like my general range of motion seems to improve as the day goes on, just because you're, you're moving around. And, uh, first thing in the morning, obviously a lot of people are really tight, but yeah, I think whatever works for you. And I don't think it matters too, too much, especially for the level of training that we're doing. It's not going to make a huge, huge difference. Do you still train? You still train occasionally? I worked out this morning. Did you? Yep. Wow. You're done yeah, for the week. Bodybuilding this morning and then uh, went for a run with pups. I even played pickleball yesterday. So, yeah, here I am getting all fit. Pickleball's hard. I need to play pickleball sometime. I keep hearing Dude. everyone talks about how fit you have to be to do it. Come I mean, play pickleball with me. You'll be my first video for pickle prep. 
We'll do it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> you're, our, I mean, we're not talking about pickle prep. No, I, you're, yeah. I'm not letting you name something pickle prep. Well, too late. Seriously? You're killing me. I technically own the domain name, yes. Do you? I was <laughs> yeah, so, I do. Somehow I'm not surprised. This is a great, good one. This is about the time I started, actually. Started CrossFit at 37, completely unathletic at that point, still experiencing good growth in PRs. When can I expect performance to start to plateau and decline? Never. Never, ever. Um, you know, that's, I mean, at some point it will, but... At 37, especially starting from a point where you weren't very athletic, you have a long, like, you have a very long road to go before you even start considering, like, plateauing. I mean, things are going to happen as you age. Testosterone is probably going to naturally go down. You know, you might not recover quite as rapidly. Like, things are going to happen, but, I mean, just keep after it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, like, I wouldn't. I would just like when it starts to happen, notice it, but don't be like, all right, when am I going to start plateauing? You know, like just change your mindset on that and, and realize that um, if you've ever seen the picture and man, it's one of the best pictures I think we ever posted uh, in terms of engagement on the wide prep Instagram was uh, the 60, I think it was the 60 and 65 plus year old division at the CrossFit games, or actually this was at the master's fitness collective. And every single one of those guys was more muscular and probably more fit than me. Um, so like I, even in my like notebooks and goals and stuff like that, my goal is to be fitter at 45 than I am right now at 32. And I, I'm a hundred percent certain that it'll happen on the trajectory that I'm on because, um, you know, again, defining fitness, I might not be as strong, but for me, like being able to run, lift, swim, jump, hike, you know, like I, I think I'm going to be more active and more fit at 45 than I will be even at 32. Um, just because that's what's so cool about CrossFit is it gets you on the trajectory where you can kind of keep improving in all different aspects for a very, very long time. Yeah, I started at 40 and was, I literally never worked out. I had done um, maybe two rounds of P90X prior to starting. So I'd done you know, six, that's six months. That's, I shouldn't say nothing, but you know, P90X is basically Murph every day. It's just pushups, full ups, you know, that sort of thing. And it's hard. I'm not downplaying it, but it's certainly not barbell work and, you know, the same fitness we do at CrossFit. So I, I didn't come in with a huge base of fitness. Um, I'm 51 now. I'm still setting PRs for myself. Um, I think the hardest part over that kind of decade journey has been, the only real decline I've seen that's noticeable to me isn't in strength and, and Metcons it's in my recovery time. And cause I remember distinctly, like kind of when I hit around 45, I felt like, all right, maybe I'm at my peak of where I'm going to become fitness wise. Cause I was, I felt like I was starting to get it and things were going well for me. And I was still setting a lot of PRs and I was able to do two a days and like really start to work out a lot. And then it wasn't much long after that, I started to, re started to really catch up to me around little micro injuries and waking up the next day and just feeling like I'm dead. <laughs> you know? and, and even now, like I'm crazy cognizant of my recovery time because I know what tomorrow is going to feel like if I don't do that. You mm. know? And so for me, that has been the biggest like kind of decline for me. I haven't really seen any plateaus I will say, though, I've 
changed a lot of my goals. So that might be why as well, meaning I've quit trying to PR on the max lifts. So you could argue I've plateaued my max lifts. Like I've, I haven't set a PR in my back squat, front squat, snatch, or clean Mm -hmm. in a couple of years, but I haven't even attempted to. And I also haven't been doing those strength cycles. What I've been focused on is what's my overall health and wellness look like. And, um, you know, how, what do my, are my workouts constantly varied and are they really varied? Like, and what I mean by that is I, you know, I'm not going in and doing couplets and triplets every day and doing CrossFit programming. You know, like today I did a, a, a Murph prep session that was running pull-up squats and push-ups. Tomorrow's going to be a rest day. And then the day after that, it's probably going to be strict lifting. And then the day after that, it's probably going to be C2 bike, only C2 bike. And then mm-hmm. the day after that will be something else completely different. And I, cause I found that if I continue to really vary it up, my body responds far better to it. And then when I get to the open, I survive that a lot better. Like I can just handle my body can handle stress better than if I'm doing a lot of repetitive CrossFit stuff day in and day out. So I guess, you know, it's a long story to say, as you get older, I would suggest you branch out from CrossFit. But if you're 37, arguably, I think you've got, you know, five to seven years before you even need to consider that just stick to your coaches and do what they tell you. And you'll make, you'll set PRs every week, probably for the next few years. Sure. I would imagine, but yep. anyway, all right. Good question though. And I love the baby picture Roth Hawk. So what we got here? Oh, there we go. Thanks for the answer. I'm not trying to avoid the running that coach CJ programs. You should, you should always avoid running. It's just that I'm a natural runner, endurance athlete. My squad is very weak. Yep. I avoid everything that CJ tells me. So <laughs> I don't think that's a, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. All right, we'll wait for a couple more questions to come in. Uh, what else do you have on deck for this week, Ben? Uh, that's your bag. Do you have another trip planned, or what do you have coming up? I'm driving to Canada at midnight. Are you really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm driving, leaving. To, I'm going on a 20 hour road trip, and you look at the map, and it's literally a straight line north for 20 <laughs> hours. Um, I have a lot of books queued up. Um, going going hunting with my buddy Kurt. Uh, we're going bow hunting up there, and. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be gonna be a heck of a trip. Lots of bonding, um, and I might I th- think because of how long of a drive it is and how we really need to get up there, you know, before too long. I was looking to try to do maybe a drop in or two though. Um, so maybe we'll we'll find a, a gym or two to drop in at because my buddy Kurt that I'm going with owns a CrossFit gym as well. So he is a, a CrossFit coach, CrossFit gym owner. Um, yeah. What kind of hunting is this? What are you hunting for on this trip? So this one, and this, you know, would could potentially trigger people, but if you actually read the literature on it, we're hunting basically really big boar bears, black bears. Oh, wow. Reason being is because that actually, counterintuitive to what I used to believe, it actually can help preserve and help the natural bear population because old male black bears kill all the other bears they kill the cubs of other bears so that the female bears would go back in heat it's kind of crazy so anyway long story short that's what we're doing and hopefully gonna be bringing home a lot of meat because i've been eating i can say actually the last um yeah last couple weeks i've only eaten meat that i personally 
have uh, harvested myself. And it's, it's been pretty cool. I just had some of my Axis deer from Hawaii and it was the greatest, some of the greatest steak I've ever had in my entire life. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm excited about that. Now I just need to figure out how to grow plants and I'll have it all. This has nothing to do with CrossFit. Do they, do they make you carry a handgun when you hunt bear? Uh, we don't, I don't know. We asked that question, but the guy hasn't responded yet. So maybe the guy got mauled by a bear lately, but <laughs> my, uh, I shouldn't laugh at that. My, uh, my brother, <laughs> my brother is a big sportsman hunter and lived in Alaska for a while. And, and yeah, so he knows bear. all about the whole bear thing up there. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he hunted one. He, he got one once and, uh, but they would make you carry a handgun when you were hunting yeah. because I mean, you know, this is the, this, they're predators. Like, yeah, bears can kill you. So yeah, grizzlies are a little bit more savage than black bears, though. Yep. But, yeah. All right. Here's a question: uh, Do any of you still have effects from COVID? Got it back in January. My aerobic capacity is still not back to 100. percent I'm an endurance athlete, so it's definitely a struggle. It's from Lisa Hemmel. Yeah. Hey, um. Obviously, we're not medical doctors, but for me, no, I don't. I mean, honestly, it was like a few days and I felt nearly back to a hundred percent. Um, I am, I, I will admit that I don't tend to be very attuned with my body. Right. I'm not someone that's like, Oh, I have a little bit of tension here. I just kind of, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not in tune with feeling my body. Like a lot of, you know, people are really good at noticing things. However, I will say based on what I understand, which could, it's very limited, COVID affected people very differently depending on your specific, you know, DNA. So it's like, for me, it didn't really bother me that much. And it probably helped that I was a little bit younger and I bounced back fine. But there are just as many people, or there are probably some people my age or younger that are just as fit where it crushed them because it hurt people in different ways. So that's what I would say. Yeah. When I got, when I got it, and again, it's just, you know, my experience with it, not medical advice. Um, I got it pre-vaccine. Um, and you know, I'm not sure I would call myself an endurance athlete, but I tend to lean toward kind of longer workouts like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I felt like I felt it a long time. Um, I also got it. It wasn't this, it was a year ago, January when I got it and I wasn't back to kind of a hundred percent of my lung capacity for about six months. Dang. It was just rough. Like it was just a rough feeling. And it wasn't that I was felt you know, like I had this big loss of strength. It was just like, I just couldn't quite catch my breath. And I didn't even have a problem when I had it. Like, it wasn't like I had breathing problems. My blood oxygen levels were fine. Like I was testing all that stuff. Did you notice your resting heart rate or HRV like being any worse? Because one of my buddies, Derek, um, I think he blames it actually more on the vaccine than actually getting COVID. Um, but he had uh, like myocarditis or something like that. I think self-diagnosed, yeah. but like his HRV for like a very long time after the vaccine was very low and his resting heart rate was very high for an extended period of time. Very, very interesting. Um, but did, did you notice any, any of those numbers changing? Well, this was pre uh, Garmin pre whoop for me also. So I wasn't tracking okay. it, although I did, I was testing, you know, kind of during that two week period, uh, my heart rate quite a bit and it was pretty normal. For the most part, um, for me, it was just the lung capacity thing, which was weird because I didn't have a lot of congestion. I wasn't coughing like I didn't have any of those symptoms. And then when I got back to working out, I tested a sprint workout. This was terrible to do, by the way. Don't go do this if you end up getting mm -hmm. sick. But like the, you know, within 10 days, once it was gone, I'm like, 
all right, I'm gonna go test a workout. And it nearly like I literally nearly died. It was the worst moment of my life. I'm like, this was not smart. And uh, so then I just I made a kind of a slow, gradual build back. Um, and, you know, just I would find that those workouts that would normally take me 15 minutes were now taking 18 to 20, you know, and I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that it was going to be a, a kind of a slow road back. And that's how I handled it. And it was fine. So good question, though. Hope you recovered, Lisa. Mikey, Mikey is going to be on uh, my other show, Kettlebells and Cocktails, this week. Oh, Mikey. Mikey, Mikey is the reigning uh, fittest dwarf on earth, adaptive athlete, and oh, wow. a hell of a good guy. And he has a good question. So, uh, John Ben, long-time listener, first-time is watcher. He, is he super vulgar like like um, um, our, our previous guest said that? Any anyone you talk to that's an adaptive athlete has a raunchy sense of humor. They all do. They I love can't to, wait to listen. They love to, to make him. you squirm, and he's a great dude. Uh, what's your favorite non-Murph hero workout? Oh man, I actually so I saw this one coming, so I pulled up a couple to like give me a refresher. For sure, the seven. Oh, that's a good one. I and I'll read it out for everyone here. So the seven is seven rounds for time. It's called the CIA seven. So seven uh, CIA officers and someone else were killed in a suicide bombing. Okay. Um, seven rounds for time of seven handstand pushups, seven thrusters at 135. I assume 95 for the ladies. Seven knees to elbows, throwback, seven deadlifts at 245. I don't know what the conversion is, ladies. Seven burpees, seven kettlebell swings, two pood. That's 70 pounds, uh, 53 for the ladies. And seven pull-ups. Oh my gosh. I, I legitimately did that workout probably once, like back when I was running my classes at North Carolina state in college. Um, we would do the seven once every couple of weeks for sure. Like every couple of weeks we'd do the seven. Um, that's a big one of mine. How about you? Got one that you love? I do. You'll hate it too. Hollyman. Holly. 30 rounds for time, five wall ball shots, uh, three handstand push-ups. And one power clean, and it's got to be a heavy power clean. Oh, so, so it's the, just that's the the prescription is just heavy power clean. Well, it's supposed to be two twenty five. So my oh, point yeah. is, like, that's the RX. So yeah, oh, it's I'm really in. heavy. I'm in on that workout, baby. Dude, it sucks. It just five wall balls are such an interesting and inconsequential wall ball numbers. Are they heavy? There's thirty rounds, Ben. It's it five. Doing, yeah, but you're doing hundred. It just it just wears on you. Well, I want to do that. Thing. I like that work. Because I'm with you. Like I said the same thing. I did this in um, uh, when I went to Montana. Savannah and I did this. And oh, it you was, mean Savannah from Montana? Savannah from Montana. It was, uh, you know, like you're fine for like 15 rounds. And then it starts, like then the it starts to sink in. And when the handstand push-ups start to go, then it gets real. Because then the wall balls do get a little hard because now your shoulders are tired and it isn't so much they're hard. It's just, you have to go do them again. Dude, I'm <laughs> you know? in, I'm in on that workout. I'm going to do that. That sounds awesome. It's tough. It's a tough one, dude. It's fun though. I mean, it's fun. It's just like, um, I don't know, just 30 rounds. Anything just sucks because you know, you're 12 rounds in and you realize you're not even halfway yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, so brutal. I so like brutal. it. Anyway. All right. Well, we're hitting our hour, Ben. That was fun. Lots of good questions tonight. That was fun. Do we have any other last ones that we can squeeze? We, any last I think we might knock them out. No. Say what? 
just uh, we'll just kind of look through here real quick. See if I can see any. I don't see any. Nope. No other questions. Mikey said seven is a good one, so he approves. And, and Lisa, uh, I will work on getting some sort of musical instrument, but I have been called the songbird of my generation. Really? So this is the musical instrument. Your voice. Yeah. Your voice is your musical instrument. I might serenade you with some some songs one day. Like Tim, <laughs> Tim McGraw by Red Ragtop. You got that one down. I will literally um, pull that acoustic guitar off the wall right now and start playing if you'll sing to everyone. In co- in, well, I'd have to know the song. Mm-hmm. But in college, I – thank you, Sarah. Um, in college, I uh, could pretty much do every song on the video game Rock Band on Expert. So, Well, there you go. That'll you know, be a I'm, teaser. Maybe we'll have to sing it in, in another episode. I was a little worried about doing this live stream Q and A because you get two guys on here with ADD and a and a rapidly firing chat with questions. I'm like, we're both just going to be jumping at questions as they come in. But I think we held it together. I'm proud yeah. of us. Yeah. Pat ourselves on the back, especially you. Thank you. It was good stuff. This is fun. Good luck on your bear hunt. When are you back? Uh, it depends on how. I mean, with my luck, I won't fill the tag and I'll be back maybe on Sunday, but maybe a little bit before then. Okay. Uh, But Sunday is technically the day we're slated to come back. But we are driving like 40 total hours. So who knows what will go wrong? And we have to cross the Canadian border. And holy cow, Canadians do not like people entering their country. I know that from experience from last time I tried to cross uh, in a vehicle. Uh, But I do love Canadians, just not not the border crossing agents. They were a little rough. Um, everyone else is great though. Well, do me a favor. Last thing before we go, take a gas powered car, dude. Don't get lost in Canada and one of your little electric cars. We're like, taking a truck. We're taking okay. a Toyota Tundra made in Texas. Thank you. No offense to electric cars, but Ben's got a bad habit of running out of running out of juice. So that was a go-kart that we rented in Austin. It was Mine has never run out of juice, okay? Okay. Story for another time. All right. Thanks, Ben. This has been fun. For everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining. We will be back uh, next week with another live stream, and we'll chat with you guys soon.